Hi, this is Erica. Thanks for joining me today for another season of Leadership on the Ground. In this season, we are covering the timing of leadership, which is all about answering the question of when. Time is a precious resource, a non-renewable resource. So learning how to use it, leverage it, and turbocharge it in our life and in our career can be a game changer. Okay, let's get started. You are listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 7, The Timing of Leadership. Throughout the previous six seasons of Leadership on the Ground, we've covered the essential basics of leadership in the 21st century, leading in real time, and the rhythm, tensions, realities, and the context of leadership. So for this new season, we cover the critical discussions around the timing of leadership, which is all about answering the question of when. Learning how to use, leverage, and turbocharge time will be a game changer for you and your organization. And now, here are your hosts, Erica Pietler and Todd Schnick. All right, welcome back to the Timing of Leadership. Today, we're going to talk about the obsession with time. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Pietler. Erica, welcome back. So, I guess what's lead off this discussion, this obsession with time, whether you think, it's one of those deals, I bet, if you ask 10 people, are they obsessed with time? Most of them would say, of course not, but we all are, I think. <laughs> so let me ask the honest question. Is time a friend or an enemy? It's <laughs> a great question. Is it a friend or an enemy? It depends on what day of the week it is, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think it could be both. I think it could be both. So when time is a friend, it's because you've made peace with it and you've skill built, you know, you've worked on leadership rigor, you know, you've brought conscious discipline to what you're doing. You're using models, you're conscious of performance and productivity. You know, you have a grounded sense of the value of time and then time could be your friend and time can be an amazing resource for you to use and leverage. I agree. Time can also be your enemy sometimes. You know, you're always up against time. You know, you're always running behind it or, you know, it's something that you're tripping over. And when you don't respect time, yours or others, you march to your own tune. You know, you're unconsciously incompetent around it. You can damage your relationships. And I think then time does become your enemy. I feel like we're going back to the MBTR, this Myers-Briggs thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is a great place to actually bring that back. I'm glad you mentioned that because this is part of that lifestyle dynamic that whether you're a judger or a perceiver, whether you have real structure and discipline around time or whether you have a very, very casual relationship with time, in actuality, it really doesn't matter. What matters is can you flex? Do you know when you need to be more casual with time or when you need to be more structured with time? We've talked about this before. I'll give you a perfect example. I am a P. So believe it or not, I am more casual around time. But there's some catches here because I know you're looking at me like, yeah, right, Erica. (laughs) And all my clients are listening like, that's not Mm -hmm. the Erica that we know. So most people know me as like a hardcore J. Well, I'm really disciplined and I flex very hard when I'm working to be very structured around time because I really do like to have in my personal life more of that like casual relationship with right, it. Right. So how about you? Are you more structured, more casual? You and I have joked I about this a bit. I am enormously structured. Mm-hmm. I am at the point where if uh, I've let staff go because they're perennial, not on time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm probably obsessive about it. I mean, I, this episode really? speaks to me. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, very retentive when it comes to this. So 
to the point where it sometimes is almost a detriment. So yeah, the friend, the enemy. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing: we're talking about business, and we're talking about business leaders, and business is J energy, yeah. right? You know, yeah. business is not a casual relationship with time. So if you're going to be an organizational leader, and you happen to be hardwired to be a little bit more casual with it, you know, be prepared to feel a little pressure, and be prepared to step up to the plate because it really could make the difference in your career how you handle this. I mean, it makes me think, just talking about my relationship with time, I mean, I, I'm an impatient guy. And impatience, I mean, is, I mean, is that a friend or an enemy? That's another really good question. We all have the same 24 hours a day, which I actually, you know, when you think about that, I know we say that like as this cachet little phrase, but really, I mean, there are amazing people in this world. And then there's just like amazing, cool people like us. And we all have the same 24 hours in a day. How do people get all that they get done? And, you know, as leaders, we need to learn two really important things. And we'll talk about this in a couple of episodes this season. First is we need to learn how to build capacity. If we don't learn how to build capacity with our time, how to get work done through others, we get crushed as leaders with time management. Like we just can't like survive. The other thing is impatience relates specifically to our composure. So if we feel pressured with our capacity, right? Then we're going to get impatient because we're not getting it all done or other people aren't getting it done. I'm getting impatient. So my composure starts to erode. And then I don't look like the calm, cool, collected leader. I start to create an unsafe environment or a little bit of fear. So I need to really be in a mindset where I'm able to self-manage and not let that impatience get out of control and make people feel uncomfortable. I want to be able to make sure that I'm doing all I can to plan and give everybody the opportunity to be successful. When I get impatient, it usually means something triggered me or something's not working. And I want to be in front of that as much as I can as a leader. I'm going to try to fumble and stumble and get this question in my mind out to you. I trust you'll be able to interpret it and go where I'm trying to go with it. But I feel like you mentioned a second ago the having respect for time. And I wonder about if we're out of context, if we're not operating in context, that causes frustration and perhaps impatience. And that has all kinds of negative impacts with regards to time, right? Because then you feel like you're wasting time or you're spending time on things, investing time on things that you don't really need to because you're not really supposed to go down that path. Can you, can you comment on uh, how being out of context can throw off your timing? Well, if you are out of context and you lose your center of self, you might own ultimately be rushing to get things done or you might be slowing down to try to figure out like where I am, right? So, you know, that balance gets a little bit off, yeah. right? And that balance of timing and that rhythm, so to speak, that yeah. we talked about in terms of working in the business. We have to have a personal rhythm for working with the timing. Even though this episode and this series is about looking outside, we still need to link and marry it to our own sense of rhythm and timing within ourselves. And knowing where we're going and why we're going there allows us to then pace ourselves and have that right set of rhythm. I knew you'd take that question where it needed to go. I've heard you talk a lot about staging and sequencing, prioritizing. You mentioned that uh, in the last uh, episode. Talk more about that, please. Yeah, you know, staging, sequencing, and prioritizing, I mean, I put them together always as a as a trio, and I feel like it's really, really valuable. And you could be really obsessed with this as a leader, and you got to be careful. Staging, for me, is about not jamming everything together. It's really about being able to take a step back and say, you know, maybe this can't all get done in the first quarter. Maybe this needs to be staged between first quarter and second quarter. Or maybe this isn't even on the docket for this year. Maybe this isn't that important. You know, at that altitude level, 
It's the leader that needs to look at the staging and say, I could get all this done, but am I going to really kill people in doing this? Or can I stage this a little bit more comfortably? And while this is a nice to have, is it a need to have? So that piece is really important. On the sequencing piece, what I like to really coach people on is sequencing plays a, a big role in terms of getting the right things done in the right time and thinking them through so you avoid rework. I feel like a lot of people jump into doing things out of sequence. And if they would have thought it through and they would have said, oh, man, I forgot to think about that or see that, I probably would have done that differently. Sequencing is that reminder to try to take a bigger picture view and say, which piece is first? You know, we talked last season about the jigsaw puzzle, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, getting the edges of that jigsaw puzzle really give us a sense of direction. And that almost like kind of helps us to then sequence how quickly we can kind of come at the totality of it. Those two are on the business issues. And those are really important for leaders. Priorities, people get this, uh, I think, confused. To me, priorities is choosing wisely from a competing set of choices. They're all important. It's not like, oh my God, I'm going to prioritize. They, they usually are all important, but you have to make some choices and trade-offs and you have to be able to challenge them on a regular basis and make sure that your staging, your sequencing, and your prioritization are in some sort of alignment with each other, right? You don't want to be prioritizing things that you've moved into a different stage. That doesn't make any sense. So you kind of want to stay in alignment. All right, Erica, and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This season is made possible by Leadership Rigor, the leadership development framework founded and facilitated by Erica Peeler. Erica Peetler teaches breakthrough performance and productivity strategies for how to lead yourself, lead teams, and lead at the organizational level. Everything you think you know about leadership will be turned upside down. Leadership rigor can be experienced through reading the international best-selling book, engaging in one-on-one -on -one coaching, or creating a customized team or organizational leadership journey. To achieve breakthrough performance and productivity, visit ericapeetler.com to learn more. That's ericapeetler.com. All right, I'm back with Erica Peetler on the obsession with time. So we touched on this, the top half of the of the segment, uh, this idea of rushing to get things done. We've also talked about the importance of speed. So there seems to be a conflict there. Uh, but rushing to get things done, that's not necessarily a good idea, right? It, it's not always a good idea. It's not always a bad idea. I mean, honestly, it's a real battle in business. I mean, right, you know, it's, right, a, right. It's, just, it's just a real battle. And, and it becomes a, a really intense battle when there are certain big personalities involved, right? So, you know, imagine just some really impatient, urgent people with big personalities who are not afraid to kind of chime in there, kind of rushing to get things done and driving things forward. I mean, I do a lot of uh, workshops and I do a lot of breakout groups. And, you know, you just watch the dynamic in a breakout group. Yep. Someone who's like really bold and really dominant can just totally take over that group and make yep. them go down a rabbit hole or in different places. And, you know, people say, oh, you know, we don't have enough time to do this. And I'm like, well, we always seem to have enough time to redo it when we do it wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> why not pause and take that moment and get it right? I just did a, a workshop here in Chicago where I was doing best practices for breakout groups. And I said, look, there are three pieces to this. You know, one is set your process up. Everybody dives right into the content. But did you talk about who should be the timekeeper? You know, who should be the scribe? someone facilitating the process. So setting that up at the beginning is so key. And then you get the work done. And then you kind of share your breakout group uh, feedback. 
but we don't spend enough time setting up the process. So we're chickens with our head cut off and we're wasting a lot more time than if we just took two to three minutes to set it up and kind of get it set. But with a lot of things, I suspect there are exceptions. Always, always exceptions. And that's a really great point in terms of getting the work done and and rushing. You know, some work, and you probably do this, you're a pretty creative guy, some work is iterative. You know, it doesn't get done in the first kick. It doesn't get done in the first round. You know, you write a book and you go through drafts. You do maybe a podcast and you edit and you may edit again if you're like, you know, finding a different way to do things. So some work is iterative. And I think it's really important to plan for the time for things to be iterative so that they can get to a higher level of quality or a higher level of performance. One of the things actually that this makes me think of as we're sitting here talking about this is double loop learning. You ever hear of this concept, double loop learning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So like double loop learning is something I try to coach some of my, uh, my CEOs on, which is, look, you're going to get out there and you're going to have an experience. And if you're a smart CEO, you're going to reflect on that experience. And that reflection is going to give you some new insights so that when you actually go back and do it again, you're going to have a different way to approach it and you're going to like learn from it even yet again. So it's a, it's a form of iterative learning. But double loop learning is literally being conscious the second time you go into that to really see, how can I do that faster? How could I do that better? Athletes do it all the time. Business executives who do it really become superstars. No doubt about it. You know, as we're talking about the obsession with time, I mean, there are, there are just some folks in business that just can't shut that off, right? <laughs> yes. There are some people who actually on two sides, there are some people who can't turn it off and some people who can't get it started, right? Yep. So for the people who can't turn it off, and I don't want to say I unfortunately perhaps may fall into this bucket, <laughs> but one of the things I try to coach people on is, look, you know, we're instruments. So we really have to take care of ourselves, right? You got to recharge, you got to renew, you got to refresh, you know, you got to eat right, you got to move. You got to turn certain aspects of your life off so that you can turn other parts of your life on. So being able to turn it off and give yourself back the gift of recharge time, I think is really important. On the other side, you have some people who can't get started, right? And need a little kick in the shorts there to, to get going. So I think the obsession works a, a little bit both ways. I don't know. Again, I don't know how exactly how to phrase this, but it's almost like you need to be so careful, so respectful, so thoughtful towards time that it doesn't dominate. It can overpower you. Yeah, it could overpower you. And it, it goes back to, you know, time obsession. If you're always thinking about time, you might be missing other things, right? So you kind of want to have a mindful presence and a mindful, positive relationship with time. But I think we kind of want to try to shy away from the complete obsession with it. There's some organizational haste where they think they have to move quickly and, and operate with extreme speed. But what do you say to to the people who are just like, hey, let's make that decision. Just go. Let's, let's make the call already. I mean, how do you handle that kind of person? I mean, you mentioned earlier the, the boisterous personality. Yeah. That seems to dictate those kinds of things. But how do you deal with that scenario? You know, that is so prevalent in business, right? You got a lot of people that are like, come on, let's not like overthink this, right? Like, let's just like get on with it. And so I'm going to put this in the bucket of there is a time difference between decision making and decisiveness. Decision making is actually a skill decisiveness is a behavior. And decisiveness and decision-making sometimes get confused. And the people who are like, come on, let's just get on with it already, already. Decisiveness is about quickly choosing between options. And it can be impulsive. And it could also be a gut-driven, unconscious competency kind of reaction, a gut call. In some cases that are low risk, I think that that's fine. What we want to be mindful of is it does take more time and it does take more skill to make a decision, but that's a methodical approach. That's considering alternatives and risks and it's conscious competency and it's smart 
smart choices. And it goes back to what we said at the top of this episode, which is this is when timing and context come back into play because it's not just about what you're doing and how you're doing, but why you're doing it and when you're taking the time to do it correctly. So decisiveness and decision-making, two totally different time periods, two different things. One's a behavior, one's a skill. Really important to know the difference and know when it's okay to just move on with it already and when it's appropriate to push the pause button. How do you deal with the employee who's always complaining, well, the boss is driving me to get things done. They're they're encouraging action and movement and checking off a to-do list. And I'm incented sometimes to get things done, even though they may not be ready. How do you deal with that kind of stuff? You know, I think that's going to be in an upcoming episode when we talk about the tools. We're going to talk about that accountability conversation, which we've mentioned before which basically says, hey, listen, we're going to have some impatient, really hard driving bosses sometimes. We got to stop the action and have an accountability conversation and make sure we're really clear. what What are your expectations here? Do we really have the resources to do this? And what are you really asking me to deliver? Because sometimes people will get so carried away with their action and their speed and their need for driving things that they lose perspective on what exactly am I causing in my organization in terms of resources and constraints and chaos? So good for them to take a strong step back, use their Veritas, step Mm -hmm. into that conversation and say, can we call a timeout here and have an accountability conversation? All right. Well, speaking of time, we're now out of it. So we got to get moving. Next week, we're going to talk about time, the ultimate resource. Erica, before we go, should anyone have any questions from today? How do they find you? Sure. Reach me at uh, ericapetler.com or I'm at Twitter at, at Erica Peetler. I'm on LinkedIn and you can get Leadership Rigger the book on Amazon.com. All right. Todd and Erica signing off for now. We'll look forward to seeing you right here next week. See you then. 